Hello and welcome to another episode of the TNN show. Today we are graced uh, with the presence of the prophet. I call him the prophet Brian because I remember clearly <laughs> disagreeing with him when it came to the fortunes of uh, James Rodriguez and he's been very, very right up until now. Yeah. So today I've come again with some topics which, including, which include predicting to the future. So that we know if he's a real prophet or he just got, you know, one time lucky, you know, it happens. How one are you, time Brian? Like, I feel you, I feel you. <laughs> no, I'm okay, I'm okay, I'm okay. How are you doing? I'm great. So, yeah, to start the show, I'm just going to begin with the biggest news that has come out of the Premier League this weekend. Virgil van yeah. Dijk. Yeah, the ACL injury. And I think, you know, those injuries, most of the time, it's like seven, eight months out and is a key part of uh, Liverpool's team, not just defence, like the yeah. whole team, the, the team as a whole. The whole team. Okay. Now that's agreed, yeah, 100. Exactly. Liverpool were my favourites when uh, we were all predicting, you know, discussing who's going to win the league. Uh, I told you, I told you, I told you, Liverpool's fortune is up. I told you, it's done, it's done. It was a one-time thing, it's gone. Yeah, so who's gonna take? Who's going? Who's going to take over now? That uh, you know, from Virgil Van Dijk. Yeah, Virgil Van Dijk is injured because clearly a lot of people had them as favorites, but now with Van Dijk out and they lost Lovren as well, so they're left with two centre backs in Joe Gomez and Joe Matip who are kind of inconsistent and they are also injury prone. Well, in terms of VVD, I'll start with the injury. VVD has been an, an integral part of Liverpool. I can't deny that. I don't like him as a player because I feel he he gets way too much credit for the work he does. We've seen better in the Premier League, but that's not the topic for today. No, but I agree uh, with but you. Like, I agree yeah. with you. So, but in terms of Liverpool, he's been an integral signing, like one of the best signing club made. Because, I mean, I was looking at the stats and in 2019, after it just come, I think it was a year after it just come or something, I don't know. Um, their goal conceding was like 1.2 per game for Liverpool. When he came in, it dropped to 0.5. Clean sheets went from about 35%, 32 to 57%. So we can't disagree that it's a coincidence that this happens when Van Dijk is there. And another, another key thing you have to remember is he's played almost every game for Liverpool. Like, in terms of injuries in terms of being tired fitness he's been on par so losing van dyke is huge for liverpool it's not something small it's not something small at all however i feel matip has he has the potential to carry the weight don't don't underrate matip if you look at how he defends van dyke's way of playing is greatly dependent on matip a lot of times matip does a lot of dirty work with van dyke making sure that the goal is protected at all times so I feel if Matip stays consistent, put his, puts his mind to it, they won't suffer that much. But the loophole is there. It's up to coaches to exploit it. So you're basically saying that uh, Liverpool should just kiss the Premier League goodbye. They've got no chance anymore. That's a given. Before Van Dijk injury, I told you, that's a given. They are not touching the Premier League. I can tell you that. They are not touching it. <laughs> 
Okay, yeah, no. no, but you're saying you're saying Matip is reliable. But if Matip is reliable, who is going to partner him? You know, they've been people have been saying a lot of stuff. Even Van Dyke himself tweeted this out that you know, don't worry, Fabinho is going to do a job. Is Fabinho going to drop into the central defensive position now and let maybe <clears throat> Henderson be the central defensive midfielder? How are they going to play from now on when Van Dyke is mm. out? Sheesh. Uh, I don't think Fabinho can be dropped to, to CB, in my opinion. Um, I think that's too dangerous, putting Fabinho at CB. I don't know um, about his capabilities on a more defensive role that doesn't involve any other thing. But I would think it's better to line up um, Joe Gomez and, and Matip. Bring your CDM, um, drop your CDM back. They have a very high line, right? Klopp is just going to have to compromise. That whole Jijin press or whatever he calls that pressing he does, he has to slow down the brakes because they will hurt him on the counter. They will kill him. I, I understand so what you're I, saying. Yeah. So drop, I don't think they should bring Fabinho to see, just, just drop Fabinho's position a bit more. Um, give him less attacking freedom. Um, he should be less involved with um, the attack. His job should be a very defensive role. Keep him defensive. Ground him defensively. And then he can make sure that the CBs are protected. Because obviously his fullbacks are meant to attack. You don't expect Trent to be defending. Um, or being like, you know, a guy you can rely on defensively. So I think Fabinho, whoever's playing CDM, is going to have to have a more strict role. Strict and disciplined role. Okay, you said Fabinho can't play CB, but I think playing a devil's advocate here as a Liverpool fan, they watched him play yeah. in central defense when they beat my, my Chelsea team 2-0 uh, just, I think, three weeks ago. And he got the man of the match award. He, he looked quite good there. Oh, it was just meant, yeah, yeah. or was it meant to be a once-off uh, situation and not playing there like on a consistent basis like maybe what Pep does with Fernandinho? Um, look, with, with, with this thing of CDMs dropping to, to um, central defensive role can play out both ways. I feel it depends on the complex of the match at that time, to be honest. I don't think, okay, is there CDM who can say can consistently play a defensive role? Not looking at um, Yozo Kimmich, he can play um, fullback and a midfielder very well. Uh, but like who can play CDM and CB? I, I can't think of anyone who can consistently switch between the two. No, I understand. You're so right. I'm thinking, I'm, I'm thinking with Fabinho, it might be it's either he has a good game or a bad game. It's not someone who we can probably say at CB he's going to do the job. So I feel like it's a gamble. It's a fifty-fifty. If if he, if that game he performs, he performs. But definitely, I, I feel like he can do it. It's also an option. Put him in in, in CB. See how it plays out. Also an option. Don't worry, we'll come back a few weeks from now or a few months from now when he's like the leading centre back in the Premier League. Then I, I will laugh at you once again for being wrong. As long as as long as Laporte is back, the best CB in the <laughs> Premier League is there. <laughs> no, I, I, I get you. So now, but we have to talk about VAR because concerning Virgil Van Dijk's injury, of course, it was it was offside before whatever happened with Pickford happened. But like, if you read the rules, they say. Of course, if it, there's an offside call and that offside call is called, 
but then afterwards there's a dangerous play or a reckless play the VAR can still send off the guy who's made the dangerous play even after the offside is called so what is going on is it that maybe the the refs do not understand the rules or they just didn't care they didn't take a look at it or what are the refs incompetent in the premier league um, okay i'm just going to use a simple analogy um for example i'll just use a simple analogy but i'll make it quick for example we all like okay if you're a christian i'm suggesting you read the bible right um but we all don't agree like with one verse we can we can interpret it like 1000 ways correct exactly it's the same with the with the um, the var rule book um referee rule book Eng england referees are horrible they are horrible uh, most of them i don't i don't think can even be like refereeing big matches in terms of the vvd incident people are going to say just because because of the jersey i'm wearing they're going to say i'm biased so I don't know. I'm going to have to hear you. But for me personally, I don't think it was a red. It's a 50-50 thing. It depends on the ref. That's the ref's decision. It's not set in stone. My point is it's not a set in stone challenge that I can say it's definitely a red card or it's definitely not a red card. That's more of a, okay, the ref has veto power. He has a final decision type of challenge. One, it was offside. Let's not forget that. That's very important. It was offside. Two, Pickford did no way intentionally make that. That was not an intentional, potentially dangerous challenge. In no way. Pickford went for the ball. He didn't go for Van Dyke's leg. Don't look at these screenshots of pictures. Look at the video for context. I can easily screenshot a picture to drive an agenda. And you know that's what happens on social media. Look at the video. Pickford went for the ball. Period. As a referee, oh, it's offside. Okay, it's offside. Cool. Then another VAR guy tells me, okay, but it's a potentially dangerous challenge. I think it's a red. Okay, cool. I go to the screen. I look at the challenge. Offside, he went for the ball. No red card. If it's an injury, it's unfortunate. Football is football. So it's unfortunate. You're telling me that if you were Michael Oliver, if you had officiated that match, you were not going to be yeah. a red card. No, that's a yellow card. Okay, maybe that means there's one guy was at, at the VAR room, Michael Oliver, and yourself, three blind people in this world at the moment. I'll have to say it out. Yeah. There's three blind people. You three are blind. Because yeah. I think that's a red card. That is a red card. That is a dangerous tackle. People How? could have been How? sent okay. off. On what, on, what, on what basis? Did, okay, let me ask you a simple question. And I want yes or no answers. Yeah. Right. Did Pickford go for the ball? Yes, he did. Was it offside? Yes, it was offside. <laughs> exactly. No, but so still. What more do you want? After the play, he goes in for a dangerous tackle. That, that's what I was talking about. The, the okay, let me tell stays. you the argument here. Yeah. Let me, let me tell you the argument here. Let's look at VAR as a whole, right? Long back in football, when the official would raise an off, offside flag, right? If you continued play and shot the ball into the net, that would be a card, correct? You'd yes. get a card to yes, continue play. Yes. Right. True. Now, I can't stop play because one, it might be a false offside or it might be a real offside. Yeah, you're right. Me as Pickford, I can't stand there watching VVD receive the ball. VVD 
offside or not, he was going to shoot it under the net. Correct? Yes, correct. So me as Pickford, he shoots it under the net, it goes in, right? VAR says no offside. Who are people going to eat up? Yes, no, of course, Pickford is going to be blamed. I'm not saying that this guy went in for Van Dyke intentionally to break his leg or something like that. I'm, I don't think it's that sort of person or that sort of player where he wants to injure people. I'm not saying it was intentional. Yes, Jordan And Pickford, the fact that it wasn't intentional rules out red card, totally. It oh, rules how, out red card. How? You can't, so are you telling me that every challenge that results in an injury should be a red card? I'm not saying every challenge that results in an injury should be a red card. But then if it's dangerous play, whether you wanted to do the dangerous play or not want to do the dangerous play, if it's dangerous, you should get your red card, then you leave the field. Do you remember there's a game, there's a game um, recently this season? Yes. Mane um, went with an extremely high boot. I forgot, it was a very controversial game. He didn't get a red card. I, I don't know have, if you remember that game. I would have wanted him to, to, to get a red card. I, I wanted him to, to be sent off. And that's, and that's what I'm telling you. That's football. That's VAR. That's, that's, that's the era we are in now. It's ref, referees have veto power, right? Like Mourinho said, VAR, it's not like there's a machine helping us here. It's still referees. So if you have incompetent referees, you're going to have an incompetent refereeing system. Nothing is going to change. I do agree. Love it or not, love it or not, VAR is used efficiently in Italy. You can't dispute that. In Italy, VAR is used. Look, referees go back and forth for a solid five minutes. They'll be disagreeing because the guy at the control room is telling me it's a red card or it's a yellow card. And I'm, I'm saying, no, it's a red card. That dialogue has to be there in the Premier League. Last season, they weren't even looking at screens. They were not even looking at screens. Have you, how many referees do we see in the Premier League having dialogues with the control room? It's a simple one-minute talk, look at the screen, decision is made. It's not that simple to make such decisions. Have a dialogue, make an educated decision. If it's five minutes, cool, put it on the added time. I understand it's not feasible, but on challenges such as the Pickford one, we would want there to be a proper dialogue for a decision to be made. It's not an easy decision to make. Whoever was on the control room was in a tight spot. You can't disagree. For me, I'm in the control room. It's not a read. It's not an intentional challenge. It's an offside. Pickford was just doing what he could to protect the goal because it could have been a goal if it was an offside. I can't, I can't, I can't punish a player for that. We created a system whereby players have to keep on playing. He kept on playing. He went for the challenge. VVD got injured. It's not Pickford's fault. Simple. Yeah, there's definitely the, the three. Yeah. The challenge you should be confident about the red card is Richarlison. That that was reckless. That was that was childish. For me, that was a childish challenge. It, it, it was not needed. It was that's why he, he, he apologized on Twitter. He went and he apologized. He knows it himself. It was a I, they, I don't know what he was trying to do, <laughs> but <laughs> that was a childish challenge. Not, not, not Pickford's. Pickford's challenge, it's a 50-50. Only Pickford knows what he was doing. Only VVD knows there what was happening. Referee should have veto power because the general public won't agree. That's, 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 that's just a fact. You know what? I'm just thinking maybe they, they should give these matches to me. I'll be a way better official. I would have sent Pickford off, then we move on. But uh, in case, what's, what's a Mesa side derby without a red card? 
the most, you know, yeah. I think it's the most dangerous derby in the Premier League. It's got the most red cards, the most yellow cards. Yeah. And everything. Most I think that and um, I think Merseyside Derby and Leeds versus United. But uh, these boys have gone soft now. So <laughs> football, football isn't really fun anymore, to be honest. It's okay. It's fun. But, but what I mean, it's not really fun anymore. It's that aspect of of rivalry is not there anymore. These guys hang out together after matches. They drink beers together. They talk together on social media. That was not there in the Rooney Lampard era. You would not find Rooney drinking a beer with Lampard. But no. isn't it better now that, you know, we can take football as a job, we go, we do our job, and afterwards we hang out with our friends? It makes, it makes, it makes derbies no less interesting. It's for example, um, the City versus United derby. It's now a derby just because of the name. But these guys are all buddy-buddy with each other. Like, you know, long back, that derby, there was, there was blood. You could smell the blood when watching that. You could tell these guys don't like each other. They don't like each other. You, you were not going to imagine telling Roy Keane to, 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 to give Gerard a handshake or give Patrick Vieira a handshake in the tunnel. Why were the tunnels at Old Trafford separated? Because of Vieira and Keen. They were separated. They don't mix anymore. Away and home team don't mix. That's what I miss. I miss that blood. That that rivalry. It brings an element in football that's fun to watch. Like an average team will give their all because they know that historically united people, we can't be losing to Scousers. Scousers, they can't be losing to Mancunians. So that rivalry brings an incredible, incredible match. And you know it yourself. However, from the humanitarian point of view, it's better because less injuries, um, it's better for the English team. England, England team probably didn't win a World Cup long back because of such. But um, now because these guys are friends, they get along with each other. There's potential of England, if Southgate goes, <laughs> getting a trophy because these guys are actually friends. No, I agree yeah. with you. England for 2022 World Cup, my team. Go England. Yeah, I'm not an England fan, but yeah. <laughs> okay, so let's look at the top four. Do you think we're going to have like a shock top four? Like, you know, one team maybe that's going to shock everyone else and just make that top four. Everton, granted that Everton in the top four is still a shock, I presume. I'll still be shocked if Everton makes the top four. Um... People are talking a lot about Everton, um, and I'm, I'm, I'm for Everton, I'm pro-Everton. Um, I think people, okay, well, I've had this dialogue with some people, and what I've noticed generally from the general dialogues people are having regarding this issue is people are, are regarding Everton as a Leicester city. You know how Leicester started last, last season? Like on fire, and then they plummeted down. Um, I don't think with Ancelotti that's going to happen. Everton has its foot on, on the gas pedal and I don't think he's planning on releasing it anytime soon. Look, given that they don't have major injuries, right? Um, Everton is definitely in the top four for me. Um, this season's Sheffield United is going to be Leeds or Aston Villa between those two. So I, I personally think the teams to watch, I'll just make it top six, right? Since everyone now just says top six. I'll say... Uh, saying Villa is going to enter top six is a stretch. These teams, you know, they lose momentum. But then the teams to watch out for, I would say, is Villa, 
Leeds and um, Everton. Regarding top four, um, it's not going to be the regular top four. There's a lot happening right now in football. Lampard doesn't know what he's doing. United, I don't even want to talk about it. Um, City is plagued with injuries too. They're a very unlucky team. We can't disagree with that. For Liverpool has just had a major injury. I don't know how Klopp is going to deal with that. So for now, I think it's a blank check. I think if you play your cards right as a coach right now, you have a chance to enter the top four. It's not written in stone this season. It's, it's anyone's top four. Well, I don't know what you think. I'm going to say that you guys are absolutely crazy. This is what I what? call crazy. It's, going to be, it's, it's just going to be return to normal settings, maybe with Manchester United missing out, because I don't trust Manchester United at the moment. I think it's going to be Tottenham and Chelsea to help Man City Tot- and Liverpool Chelsea. finish the top four. Okay, Liverpool and City. Let me see. Let me, okay, let me eliminate Liverpool and City. Yeah. Those are the Premier League elites. Right? They're guaranteed. Not having them in the top not having them in the top four is probably would be shock of shockers of yeah. of rare things to happen. <laughs> City is in top four, whether you like it or not. Liverpool, Liverpool, Liverpool is in top four, but top two is there's 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 it's a bit shaky for top two. I'm not sure, but Liverpool and City, top four, they're going to make it. And I think personally, I think they're going to be accompanied by Everton. And um, sure. After what Spurs did yesterday, man, I can't confidently say Spurs, and that that I don't know what happened. But the fourth team is between the regulars, Chelsea or United or Arsenal um, or Spurs. Don't don't look down upon Arsenal. Ateta Ateta has has changed dynamics there. We can't. I am enjoying the football they're playing. Dynamics have changed. So there's only going to be an argument at the top of the top four. I mean, at the bottom of the top four. At the top, we already know what's going to happen. Okay, for now, um, I might change my opinion going with time. If I change my opinion, I'll come back. <laughs> but um, United and Chelsea, don't, don't, don't hold your breath. Lampard doesn't know what he's doing and he's going to be fired by December. Please record this and, 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 <laughs> and remember this. Lampard is going to be fired by December. So, I don't know. Top four is tricky for me. I won't lie. But I know the only team I can guarantee you there is City and um, Liverpool. A team that I expect to see there is Everton. Fourth team, I can't really make a prediction right now. I understand. So as they say, there's a famous economist who says, when the facts change, my opinion changes. And for me, the facts haven't changed. I'm going to keep the same top four. Liverpool, Man City... Chelsea and Tottenham. Chelsea are just going to get there by virtue of maybe their attacking players. I agree they don't really have a good coach. Lampard is not a good coach. Mourinho, yeah, yesterday I versus West Ham, that was shocking. That was un-Mourinho-like. Even the substitutes he made were un-Mourinho-like. Mourinho is leading 3-0. He's going to start taking out the forwards, putting on defensive midfielders. But he was actually putting people like Lucas Moura and Gareth Bale. That was, I, I was actually confused. Mm. Um, in Shona, they call it Kufarisa. Um, yeah. <laughs> I, think, I, think, I think that's what happened yesterday. Um, there was too much excitement in the air. I mean, 20 minutes and you're three up. Um, I, don't, I, I can't really blame Mourinho. 20 minutes and you're three up. 
um, Wisdom is looking vulnerable as ever. Putting a defensive um, player in wouldn't have made sense, even for the fans. People wanted to see Gareth Bale. People wanted him inside. He had to give the people what he wanted. Right? So, substitute-wise, very un-Mourinho-like. Poor game management for me. Um, stick to what you know best. We've seen what happens when you stick to what you don't know. We've seen what happened to... Pep in the Champions League, Fergie versus Barker. Stick to what you know as a coach. Don't try change your tactics. That's what that's the mistake he made. But defensively, look, Mourinho knows what he's doing. I, I, I banter aside. I genuinely think Tottenham has a solid plan. They have a coach who knows what he's doing. All I don't know is, will he keep um, the momentum and will he manage to go vintage Mourinho? defensive-wise. If he goes vintage Mourinho, defensive-wise, he, he has a good chance of being top four. Chelsea forget and smile. If you can't win matches against the small clubs, you're not seeing top four. Forget about it. It's crazy. Let's move on. You're crazy. Right. Let's move on. With all the attacking talent we have, you say that we can't make top four. You're crazy. Let's move on. Let's, let's look at... <laughs> okay. okay, 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 okay. Wait, nice. Don't, don't, don't rush. Don't rush. Wait, wait, wait. Chelsea has attacking. I've admitted you guys made good signings. I've told you. I won't be eight. Chelsea has made good signings. Cool. But defensive-wise, you guys are in a crisis. I don't know. It, okay, basically, it's Lampard's game management. Fire your coach and top four is yours. You're going to challenge for the title. Give, it's a given. Fire that guy. Bring in another coach. You guys are going to be, you guys are going to shock people. Trust me. I see. Fire. No, but I do agree. We don't have a particularly great coach. Great player. Yeah. Always make great coaches, but yeah, it's, it's not a good coach yet. Even Ole is better than Lampard, but. Mm. <laughs> I will stand up for my guy. I'm not taking Ole, not anytime soon. Okay. 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 Yeah, so there's been discussions of uh, Premier League Hall of Fame, you know, just like all these other American sports leagues where they, we, we, we give these former players who've played great in the Premier League a chance to have their moment. We give them maybe a, a yellow blazer like in the NFL and a ring with the Hall of Fame, whatever mm -hmm. logo. We give them 15 minutes on a podium and they can just say whatever they want to say about their career, think who they want to thank and you know, fire shots to whoever they want to fire shots to. So it was supposed, mm -hmm. yeah, rumors were it was supposed to start in June this year, but with all the coronavirus and pandemic and everything that's going on, I think it has been put on hold for now. So I'd like us to just draft one or two things about uh, the Hall of Fame once if it, it were you and me who choose these people. So I'd like us to choose a goalkeeper a defender, a midfielder, mm -hmm. and a forward, you know, in that order so that we just look at how we viewed the Premier League because you and I have watched the Premier League mm -hmm. for a very, very long time. So if we had to pick a goalkeeper, yeah. like the first induction they do, the first goalkeeper who should be chosen into the Hall of Fame, who would you pick? I would go for Van der Sar or Peter Cech. You, you got to choose one and tell, tell me why you're choosing this one. I'll go for Van der Sar. Why? <laughs> because of what he's accomplished. That that that's, uh, that no one doesn't know. 
um, Van der Sar led United to, 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 to massive titles. He has been, and he was an integral role in that team. Um, it's either him, or, okay, I can't, it's either Van der Sar or Senior Schmeichel, but I'll put Van der Sar because Van der Sar was like for a more prolonged period. He was an integral part of Fergie's team. Um, he was an integral part to Fergie winning massive titles and adding on to his legacy. He, he, he's a great part of our legacy as Man United. And in the Premier League, I don't think there's a goalkeeper I can put up against him who's helped any other club achieve what United achieved during Van der Sar's time. I would disagree. I'm not talking about seasonal performances. I'm talking about consistency. Of course, I, I understand what you're saying. I think Van der Sar, of course, at some point, you'd eventually make this, this Hall of Fame because it's been that good. But you're almost right. Before you get to choose one, you're almost right. Not that I'm bringing a Chelsea bias or anything like that. But Peter Cech is the Premier League goalkeeper. If you look at... I wouldn't, you said longevity, I wouldn't mind. Yeah, longevity, consistency, and everything. That guy was just the keeper. He wasn't... I, okay, maybe I think his, his peak could have been maybe lower than Schmeichel's peak, or maybe just a little bit lower than uh, Van der Sar's peak. But his peak was like consistent and stretched out over a very, very long period of time. And I think the guy has got like 200, 202 clean sheets in the Premier League on about 400 appearances. And the next guy in line is like David James with 160 clean sheets and he played like 600 games mm. in the Premier League. You look at the rate, he was accomplishing these stats. And also at the same time, it's not like he wasn't winning anything. He was winning some things. He also won the Premier League, he, I don't know, four times or something yeah. like that. So I think he's the guy we should put down as the best goalkeeper of the Premier League era at the moment. Um, I wouldn't disagree with you. You, 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 you are correct. Like I said, even before you say Czech, it's either, it's either Czech or, or Van der Sar for me. Um, check. Uh, he, he was incredible. Like you can't deny it. The man was, he was he was a hero. He was insane. Like he would take out balls from top bins. He, he wasn't like I'm putting it top corner and it's not going in. And he had an advantage. He was he was quite a tall tall man. He was quite a tall man. So for me, it's like you said. For me, okay, yeah, I, I get what you mean. His pick was definitely longer and more consistent. So. I think that's a good choice. That's a good pick for me. I, I wouldn't. I don't have a dispute there. Exactly. Good boy. Great one. That's a great one. Before Arsenal ruined him, yeah. of course. Let's yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> let's look at, at, at the defender yeah. pick. I'll, okay, I'll go first for the defender pick. For the defender pick, yeah. I'm just gonna shock people a little bit, but I'm just gonna go for this guy because of his immense talent. Talent-wise, I think. Is the best ever English born. I'm ending. I'm in. I'll end this call. <laughs> no, <laughs> no, it's not gonna be Van Dyke. Okay. Yeah. So in respect of talent, talent-wise, immensely talented. As I said, I think the most talented defender England have ever had. He was good going forwards, good uh, defending, clearing the ball off the line, and all that. He was he was a complete fullback. I'm gonna pick a fullback, not a mm. centre back for for my defender. I'm going to pick Ashley Cole. I think Ashley Cole was what I wanted in a left back. Ashley Cole was great. Ashley Cole, you, you, you could go forward. Of course, not as good as uh, Roberto Carlos and people like that. Those guys were just extremely good going forward. But you could also go forward and 
support the team in an attacking phase, but when it came especially to defensively, he could defend. I think Juan Bisaka took a lot of lessons from that guy because that guy could defend. Not it's it's not normal these days to get a fullback who can do both going forwards and coming back and defending. You know. Yeah. I, I would pick Ashley Cole. Yeah. Okay, uh, for me, um, <laughs> yeah, people would say I'm very biased. Huh? <laughs> uh, yes, you're definitely biased. <laughs> for me, it's coming from my team again. Um, um, let me see, between Jan Stump and Vidic, let me see. I'll say Jan Stump, but then solely because most of the, these guys' peaks were probably before we were even born. I'll just refrain from trying to mention these guys because a lot of people probably don't even know who he is. So I'll go for Vidic. But if we're looking at the Hall of Fame as it is, it's John Stamp or Vidic. Between the two. That's my pick. In front of guys like John Terry, like uh, Tony Adams, like uh, Rio Ferdinand. I think Rio Ferdinand is probably like the best defender United have ever had. Over Vidic. Never. That's a lie. No, I mean... Was I, incredible. I think Vidic could defend more than Ferdinand, but Ferdinand was like more complete, especially back in the day where people didn't actually realize the advantages of having a, a central defender who can actually build up play, who can actually no, play with the ball. I feel, I feel like creating, <coughs> choosing one is very hard. But we have to so choose one. Probably, That's what I'm trying to do. <laughs> no, 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 no. Choosing one is hard because now when you mention the likes of Terry, you've changed the whole dynamic. Yeah, now, exactly. It's the dynamics have already changed because Terry is, is incredible. Man, John Terry, John Terry, John Terry. Let me see. My pick. Okay, let me put United aside. I'll go for Terry. I'll go for John Terry, mm-hmm. especially because he was captain, amazing captain. I'll go for John Terry as my pick. Put that man as one of the defenders there. So you say John Terry, I say Ashley Cole. I think the guys in the comments are going to settle this debate for us. John Terry versus Ashley Cole, who's the better player? John. Uh, And solely because of the amazing captain Terry was. Yeah, he was a great character. Like, don't you you miss the days when we we had real captains? Not these. (laughs) Harry Maguire. (laughs) Ah, I can't, I can't, I can't. But yeah, Terry. So stepping into midfield, I'll, I'll give you the chance to go first. Choosing one midfielder, be it a winger, central midfielder, defensive midfielder, whatever. Undisputed. This is undisputed. We don't even need to discuss this. Cristiano Ronaldo. Undisputed. Undisputed. Can you say, can you say Ronaldo though? Because I feel like Ronaldo's time would come. Wait, wait, no, I'm no. saying Ronaldo's time is going to come. Of course, eventually he's going to be in a Hall of Fame, like we're saying. But for the fact that, yes, he had, like, I think it's, it's it, it, two, it, it two last seasons. Ronaldo. It wait, cannot wait. be a thing Wait, Ronaldo. his last two seasons at United were extremely good. But like, it's like when he left and went to Real Madrid, he then had an even, even higher peak at Real Madrid. Like, his best years were at Real Madrid and not at United, if you understand what I'm trying to say. Yeah, I, I understand that, but you should also understand one thing. Ronaldo left uh, Madrid, I mean, left United relatively early. Right? Yeah. You, 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 you definitely expect him to peak. Um, 
look, Ronaldo, if when we mention guys like Ronaldo and Messi and the likes, these guys are normal. That's what you should know. These guys can peak and peak and peak again, you know. So it's expected that he was going to peak. He's not a normal footballer. He's abnormal. So for me, solely off the work he did in the Premier League, no player can do what Ronaldo was doing. Forget that Ronaldo and Rooney combination was 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 poisonous. You know, everyone goalkeepers like me. Ronaldo is my pick, and I'm not changing. Wow. No ways. Wow. Ronaldo. Wow, you Ronaldo caught me off guard. You caught me off guard. But if I have to choose one, I have to choose the yeah. guy who I consider to be one of the greatest captains I've ever watched in the Premier League, one of the greatest mm. central midfielders to ever grace the Premier League. It has to be Roy Keane. It has to be Roy Keane, Keane because Keane. you was there when this, this kept the world <laughs> when this United thing was starting up. I think uh, the first title. I think it was there, nineteen ninety two until about 2005 at United, when they were winning everything, the glory days where United were like the only team, then Arsenal came, then maybe Chelsea started coming up, but he was the guy for United. Of course, he wasn't the face of the franchise because the way he played, you know, it wasn't marketable. He couldn't be marketed as much as a David Beckham or something like that, but he was like Alex Ferguson's guy before they disagreed. Like he was Alex Ferguson on the pitch. He directed everything. He was like the leader. He was the guy. I would pick him over Ronaldo. I don't know what you think. Uh, 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 um, um, I agree with your pick, and I understand where you're coming from. Keeney was incredible. Look, we can't dispute. Okay, people might just think the captain armband is just for decoration. No. You know that a captain can lead an average team to glory just off the mentality you instill in your team. Just, just off the mentality you instill. So... Yes. Hello? 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 Yes. Um, um, I don't know. I don't know what happened. I don't know what happened there. Um, okay. Yeah, I was saying like, um, wait, I think I have to call you back. Let me just take this call. Don't hang up. Okay, cool. You just edited this out. What was happening there? Okay, let's okay. continue. Yeah. Um, yeah, for me, I'll, I'll take Ronaldo over Keane because the way Ronaldo won, the way he, he was playing, Ronaldo was an incredible player, guys. Like, he did things we probably won't see in the Premier League again. And just based off that fact, we can't take it away from him. We can't take it away from him. It's impossible. Like, I, I can't see any man taking... The first pick when they make the Hall of Fame is not going to be Ronaldo for one reason. They hate him. They hate how good he is. It's, it's, it's these biased English guys. You know, they are going to be the panel, these biased nevils, these nonsense pundits. They are going to be the ones, they, they won't pick Ronaldo first, but you can't refuse him a spot there. No. I see. It's a dodgy yeah. pick, that one, but hey, I mean, we have to go to the forwards. We have to get to the forwards. <laughs> so, yeah, let's, let's choose the forwards. Um... Yeah, it can go first. My mind, my, my forward is a is a Mancunian. It's, <laughs> it's you see how biased your list has been. It's been very very biased. Okay, for the for the forward, the striker, I'm going to choose the the greatest ever Premier League player. This guy has been the yeah. greatest. No one has come close. He's been the best. He gave us his peak. He gave us his everything. This is the best player to ever 
grace the Premier League, to grace the shores of, you know, the, the Don't say shores. Thierry Henry. Don't say it's Henry. Thierry Henry. Thierry Henry is the best forward. He deserves to get into the, the, the Hall of Fame first. This is the best ever strike I've seen. And it's not completely, wait, wait, it's, 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 it's not completely based on just his goals and everything, but what yeah. he gave to that Arsenal team, he gave more than goals. I think the assist record is still him and Kevin De Bruyne. He was assisting these Arsenal guys from that center forward position as well when, when they were winning everything. I think he was like a key part to when Arsenal, uh, Arsene Wenger was building that Arsenal team and he started to win and started to really challenge Manchester United even though they were financially a lesser team. He was one of the key reasons why uh, Arsenal got elevated into that status where they could belong with teams like Manchester United at that time. I think this guy has to be the first name they should utter whenever they, they think about, you know, making this Hall of Fame. Um, okay, okay. Valid. It's a valid pick. I can't, I'm not going to dispute against that pick. It's a valid pick. Valid. Valid pick, um, but I, we can't, we can't, we can't not include Wayne Rooney in this conversation. We cannot, we can, we cannot, we cannot exclude Wayne Rooney. You know it yourself. We cannot exclude Wayne Rooney. No, of course Wayne Rooney has to be in the conversation. I think maybe he goes number three or number four after. We can't maybe exclude him, but uh, but but Thierry Henry was impeccable. Yes, he was. I, I, I'll probably pick. I'll probably pick Henry. Yeah, the yeah. best player to ever play this league. Yeah, I'll say Henry, even though, even though some things about Henry I don't like, but yeah. What don't you like about Thierry Henry? I. I when he left, when he left Arsenal, right? Was he, could you say was he still good or was he at his peak? I think it was just close to the end of the peak because I think he left Arsenal when he was thirty, just about to start. Okay, understandable. No, no, no. Yeah, Henri. I wouldn't. Uh, Henri deserves. I can't take anything away from him. Really, like he, he was amazing. I mean, you'd just be a hater, like if you if you wouldn't <laughs> agree with his pick. So uh, definitely Henri. Then maybe Wayne Rooney and Alan Shearer after that. Yeah, Wayne Rooney, Alan Shearer. No, oh, it's very unfortunate Rooney didn't win a Golden Boot. But a player like Rooney, guys, um, that that guy was 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 a complete player. You know what a complete player is like. You know, you can you Fergie could count on him on times way by. You can see things are, are bleak, but Rooney was always there for us. So. I actually think the reason why Rooney then had this sort of very, very rapid decline was because of Alex Ferguson. Because I remember when Rooney was so good that there were times where he was injured, but then Alex Ferguson would sort of force him to play. He would still play and give United good results. But I think the fact that he was continuously playing with injuries and everything, it really contributed to his rapid decline. Okay. Because um, at 31, Rooney was already in decline. 31, 32. Um, one thing we have to agree on is Rooney's decline was, number one, it was an injury-caused decline. One. Uh, Rooney had a terrible injury. I can't quite remember what, what injury it was. No, it was growing. I think it was a persistent growing injury. Uh, first time he had the major injury, right? He was sent for rehabilitation. I don't know if you remember. There's a time he went to the USA for quite a some time. Yeah. Rehabilitation. They tried everything. One, Fergie was wrong for playing him. 
was injured. But it's not on Fergie alone. Rooney himself said that, I remember when he was giving Marcus Rashford a warning. Like, the injury Rashford got, he told Rashford, it's a similar injury to, to what he got. And the mistake he made is England called, up, called him up and he was forced to play first team. That was a, that was a, that, at that time, people just wanted results. Results. They weren't thinking long-term about the player's career. But it did damage his career because he played with a persistent injury. And that's, that's not good for anyone. So I, I put the blame mainly on England, England national team. And then we come to Fergie. Uh, that persistent injury was a problem. They, they shouldn't have played injured. They yeah. were both wrong for that. I understand. But I will yeah. say this. Fergie broke him. He broke that guy. That guy was supposed to, to be even greater for a longer no, period no, of no, time. No, no. That was Ferguson's fault. Say, Alex, no, 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 you no. did a lot right. Even, even selling pork by the first time, that was a lot of good work. But, you know, I broke decision that, but okay. <laughs> okay, no, at least we're done with this Premier right. League uh, Hall of Fame topic. So we'll discuss more topics in the coming, in the coming weeks. Uh, thank you so much for watching. I was yeah. there, Tinashe, with Brian, the TNN show. Thank yeah. you very much. Out.